<laughs> they sat me down. They're like, hey, look, man, you might want to try stand up instead because this is not <laughs> like you can't drop an English accent where you're pretending to be like a chimney sweep in like 1910 and then be like, hey, I'll fight you. <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't do that. Welcome to the WWSD podcast. Weekly, we share discussions with interesting and creative people. We are sponsored by Collector's Maze. You can check them out at collectorsmaze.com for all things related to Phantom. I'm your host, Josh. As always, I'm joined by my buddy and co-host, Seamus. How's it going, Seamus? It's going awesome, man. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, who, who do we have on tonight? Oh, man, we got a cool special guest. We are joined by stand-up comedian Zach Bennett. Zach, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. How's it going? I am pleasured to be here. That's awesome. I'm pleasuring myself right here. Yeah, we appreciate it. I am too. That's why I'm so fidgety. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for those are uh, watching the video. <laughs> yeah, we don't we don't release a lot of video. It's uh, it's because I'm always always pleasuring each other. Anyway, yeah, that was a, that was a joke. I'm not I'm not pulling a tube in over here. This is you see everything's yeah. selling the up and up. Oh, yeah. Look at Louis CK over here just cranking it to us. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that that was Tubin, right? Jeffrey Tubin was the guy that was. Oh yeah, he he did that too. Yeah. <laughs> He forgot to turn his uh, his webcam off. That's awesome, dude. How funny would it be if that was actually his kink the whole time? He's like, "I'm so sorry," and his head. He's like, "I fucking, I got you. I fucking got all of you." I probably have. Uh, I could probably do this one more time. Yeah, yeah. That, that dude. That dude was like, "I'm gonna come so hard. I'm gonna make it worth it one time. We're gonna, we're gonna. It's gonna be the best." Smile for the that's, camera. That's crazy. Those uh, those fetishes people have that you can only do once. Like murder. Yeah, like murder, or like you know, if they were chopping off a particular uh, appendage, you know. Yeah. I kind of. <laughs> wow, this is definitely <laughs> weird. No, keep it, keep it, keep it, and sew it back on. So you're a comedian. Uh, how long have you been uh, doing comedy? Uh, Eleven years now. Oh, nice. I almost said ten because uh, you know everybody had to take a kind of a forced year off for the most part. Mm-hmm. The COVID year, asterisk. Yeah, yeah. Unless you're in Florida, not everybody did. So I live in Daytona. I won't say the name of the bar right this second because statute of limitations. <laughs> we 100 still had shows going on. I did not partake. I was like, ah, I'm good. And they were just like, we're gonna have secret shows, and they just kept doing them. So, oh wow. <laughs> Yeah, that's a uh, that's like some speakeasy shit. That's kind of gnarly, though. Yeah, I mean, that is cool. If it wasn't a pandemic, it would it'd be pretty baller. Got a secret <laughs> knock to get in. It's like that, except for just like, hey, you got coke. I think that's a secret knock. It's, yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm guessing or meth. It's a so, day, so I'm told. Daytona. So I'm told. Yeah, fill in the Daytona joke there. You know, yeah. if you if you don't know Daytona Beach, it's a gross place. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> we we used to like uh, vacation up in Ormond, so we we're pretty close there. We, we we know the bar you're talking about too. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. I like that I didn't have to name it. You're just like, yeah, that dirty one. Fuck yeah, dude. <laughs> or- Ormond's fun because they like claim to love Daytona, but they have all the money and won't live there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, <laughs> like I used to, I do a lot of Daytona stuff. Like I do some of it in my act, but I do it with a different setup than when I'm doing local shows, obviously. And so for local shows, you know, I, I get a little more deep cut. Man, no one gets more angry about making fun of Daytona than people who don't live there. It's it's like the rich people who live in the nice towns next to it. And they're always like, you shouldn't make fun of it because they all like own a business in Daytona. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had this lady at a show and she, you shouldn't say that stuff about Daytona. And I was like, why? And she's like, you give it a bad name. <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> what? Me? 
I give it a, is it me or is it the FBI statistics on crime in the United States? <laughs> <laughs> you know that we're the 55th most dangerous small town in the United States. I did not, I did know, not that. know that. Gnarly. <laughs> yeah. You know how many small towns there are in the United States? A lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like thousands. Especially in Florida. Florida has a lot of really small towns and all. Yeah, dude. We're the champs. Really, really tiny towns. So how long have you been in Daytona? Have you been there your entire life or? I was born here and, you know, I lived in New York for a little bit uh, around the college days. I lived in Tallahassee a little bit, but was not going to college up there. That's a whole other thing. That's where I went to college. Oh, yeah. You went to Florida State or FAMU? I, I did a little bit of both. Yeah. You got that minority scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> I, I marched in the band at FAMU and I, but I went to FSU. Oh, I was kidding. I meant the, the white minority scholarship. You get that for going to FAMU. Oh, yeah. No, I, I did yeah. not get that, but... <laughs> you were like, no, I paid. I don't. That's a whole thing. We don't need to. <laughs> I just, I, I do, I do enrolled a little bit. Yeah. Didn't uh, die in a hazing thing. That's cool. Got that no. Well, he's white. I mean, they don't want to haze him because then you go to jail. <laughs> we're notorious snitches. So I... <laughs> <laughs> that's 100% true. <laughs> Are you familiar with uh, Sean Finity, the Florida comedian? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good buddy of mine. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, he was uh, he was on a diversity uh, thing for comedians, and they they picked him as the Irish guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's the only guy that, that fit that uh, that that thing. That's cool. Yeah, we talked about that. That is uh, <laughs> it's a, it's an interesting uh, choice for the bookers, you know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, I want a white, but I want it to be a specific kind of white. Don't yeah, don't something more exotic. Some- yeah, yeah, the Irish, they've, they've had their fair share of, uh, of adversity, maybe. Uh, Oppression, if you will. <laughs> I feel like they Don't bring me some fucking Germans, okay? <laughs> <Right>? Bring me. <laughs> yeah, shout out my buddy Sean Finnerty, man. Yeah. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guy. We were doing shows together back in the day, and uh, and then when I was living up, he was real helpful up in New York. You know, he got me, you know, cool. hooked up with some of the right places and stuff. And um, yeah, not too long after I moved back, that's when he he got um, the Tonight Show. I almost said Saturday Night. I almost said Saturday Night Live. Uh, yeah, Tonight Show. Yeah, but shout out to him, man. Yeah, he's he's dope. I love that dude. So how how long how long were you in New York? New York? I was up there about six months because I had a real interesting living situation, as I described to you guys before we started. I'm like the most like blessed, poverty stricken person on the planet. I think because like mine is like selective. Like <laughs> you, cho- you choose to be poor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that sounds crazy, but like decided I wanted to be a comedian, and then you know from there it's pretty downhill. <laughs> Yeah, I had a I had a friend who she had a place in Orlando and a place in New York. And whenever she was not at one of them, I could be at the other. She was just because I was taking care of the property. You know, it was just like, hey, just pay the electric bill and you're good. So it's pretty sweet gig. I learned really quickly in New York to stop telling people I had free rent. People, I'm so mad, like very angry. Yeah, man, it's 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 expensive up there, right? Yeah. 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 I'd be at like an open mic and the other comedians, they'd just, I'd make some joke about how I was living there for free. And I mean, vitriol, like they were unhappy with that. Cause there's one guy, he's like talking about how he's living in his car. <laughs> I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, I live in an apartment for free. And he's like, I'll fuck you up, man. <laughs> didn't like it. But yeah, it was cool. I got to, I lived in, uh, I lived in Orlando for six months and I lived up there for six months for a year. And I was kind of going to keep that going for a little bit. And then, um, and then she sold her, sold both places and then just got a place down here because, you know, it's warmer. 
So, so back to back to your comedy though. So uh, yeah, you got to reel doing, me in. I yeah. I won't play this <laughs> yeah. So so did you start doing comedy in Daytona? Like uh, was that like one of your first places you started? Yeah, I you know I've always been a performer. I got into to theater real young. Just always I always enjoyed making people laugh, and I started theater to use it as a way to get because everybody's like if you want to get into acting you gotta start with theater like when you're a kid so i got into theater to do that but the whole reason i wanted to act was so i could like be funny you know like that was just gonna be the vehicle i didn't know i didn't know what i, what I was gonna be doing i just knew that i enjoyed making people laugh like my parents would have friends over and i'd like be making adults laugh when i was a little kid and like belly laughs and i always thought I didn't realize that was weird until I got older and you like see <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, cause I'm like doing bits and I don't even realize that's what I'm doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not a brag, by the way, I'm sure if you were to show me a tape, they're probably like, fuck this kid, please. Get him <laughs> or there's like wasted, like, ah, <laughs> oh, this kid's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, actually my, so, so this is a weird little offshoot. Uh, so my parents were both in AA. Oh, they had these crazy lives and then they met in AA and got sober together and then had me and so like i was like a i was basically like nine months away from being a totally like having a totally different life like if they were still <laughs> like if they met in a bar instead of at an aa meeting i would probably like <laughs> be a very different person <laughs> but yeah I, I didn't know i didn't i grew up just going to aa meetings with them when they couldn't get a babysitter and i grew up like going to aa picnics and like these giant functions. So my entire childhood, I just thought that no one drank. I thought that the people that drank were the minority. <laughs> That's funny. I, I would like come home from like spending the night at a kid's house and I'd be like, do you know that like Tibby's dad drinks? Can you believe that? And they're like, yeah. <laughs> like I just didn't get it until I got older. I was like, oh, we're the weird ones. Okay, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Did that affect you? Like, are, did you ever drink like in college or like now? Like, you ever party? Yeah, you know, when I was when I was a teenager, you know, I did the whole like skater punk. Uh, mm -hmm. Let me clarify, I'm 36, so that fits in with the the time. Uh, you know, <laughs> did the inline skateboard, BMX, surfing, <laughs> all that stuff. Yeah, I had this older cousin and his friends that were just like. I was fairly good at that stuff, the extreme sports stuff. So they would just be like, yeah, bring Zach along. So I'd be like 13, hanging out with these like 15, 16 year olds. And they'd be like, come on, time to get fucked up. And I'd be like, uh, okay. And then I'd like fake it the whole time. I'd be like, I'm so messed up. <laughs> <laughs> like I would smoke a little, but I wouldn't like, I would like accidentally get high. I'd be trying to not get high and I'd be trying to not get drunk, but I'd, you know, you can only fake it so much when you're 13. <laughs> So yeah, it was, it was weird, man. Like I, so I did all that stuff real young and then eventually like a bunch of them just started getting arrested and like getting like, it was all skater punk bad kids. So like everybody got arrested or like sent to live with another parent or something. So by the time it was just one day, I was just like at school, I was like, Oh, no one is left from, from my friend circle. I was like, I guess I don't have to do any of that stuff now. So, yeah. So when I was like 15, I was just like, I don't know. And then, uh, yeah, my junior year, I got into theater and I mean, I'd done it when I was younger, but I actually like started a program. Uh, the high school I went to had like a theater program where you like a specific thing to where you get a scholarship. And then I went, I actually got a full ride to uh, Daytona State is what it's called now. Um, sounds nicer than it is. It's state school. It's not. Anyway, so <laughs> got a full ride of that. And I did theater there and I, I graduated and I was doing, I was an improv. I found out, 
I, I enjoyed it because it's performing. I could be funny, but I like found out that like in improv, like you're not allowed to like stop and like break character if someone's heckling and be like, "Hey, shut the fuck up!" Like you can't do that. You have to. <laughs> They're like, you gotta stay in character. You gotta be, yeah. <laughs> you gotta stay in character. You gotta be like, you gotta be like fun and nice. And I'm like, mm, I don't like it. I feel like there's a story here of you like learning this. Yeah, it's just like. 20 variations of that and then them sitting me down <laughs> they sat me down they're like hey look man you might want to try stand up instead because this is not <laughs> like you can't drop an english accent where you're pretending to be like a chimney sweep in like 1910 and then be like hey i'll fight you <laughs> you can't do that so was that really the uh the turning point of you doing stand-up was just it wasn't working out for improv I mean, I, I still did improv for a little bit right. after because when you, because the way that we all started, like nobody really knew, like it was basically like friends of mine that did theater and improv. And then one of them opened, we opened the improv show with him doing 10 minutes of stand up that he'd written. He's like a really good writer. His friend of mine named Scott Harrell, super funny dude, but he had never done stand up before. He wrote 10 minutes, which anybody who knows is like crazy for your first time out. And he did well, which is also crazy for, <laughs> Yeah, if if you ever hear anybody say they did well their first time, they're probably delusional. All of it. Yeah, 100% delusional. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're like lying or <laughs> or they did like like I had a good first set, but you know, I went back and watched it and I was like, "Oh, that was okay." You know what I mean? Like based on what I know now. I mean, I, I wanted to tear my skin off the whole time. But yeah, so everybody that started with our friend group, we just went to the local bar we hung out at, uh, Tiernanog Irish Pub, Daytona Beach, shout out them, <laughs> every Wednesday at 10 p.m. <laughs> our local bar, you know, we just hung out there and that stand-up had gone well. And then we were just like, hey, you, do you guys want to do a stand-up night? And the bar owner, he's a friend of ours, was like, yeah, let's do it. So we started doing that just like once a month. And I mean, we went years, not even, we went like three years not even knowing there was other shows like <laughs> like other open mics. We had no idea. We were just like in our own little bubble. And then some of us started to do other local shows around. And I mean, we, it was crazy. Dude. We had no light. We didn't know you're supposed to. So in, in stand up, you, you do a light to let people know they have a minute left. Mm-hmm. We, we had no idea. We were just like, I guess finish when you're done. I don't know. <laughs> like, like, like four hour shows. We had intermissions because we all came from improv and, and theater. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah it's embarrassing but it also but it works for daytona because it's like there's everybody's like yeah we want to go like do drugs and smoke in the back like let us leave for a minute we'll come back we'll watch and they did no one <laughs> if you if you had a stand-up show anytime and then had an intermission a bunch of people would just wouldn't come back you know <laughs> but, but our we we packed it out with our friends for the first like two years and it would be like packed every time we did it because it was you know it was once a month but yeah it was really cool man it was a cool way to start because it's just not i feel for these kids that, that start because like now we're at other mics like we got a real unique experience because we just did it on our own we didn't know any better but i mean the average mic you know you go and most of them are you know five minutes and you get to light at four minutes like you know you got a minute and you got to wrap it up and it's terrifying. And I mean, it was just all our friends hanging out, just trying shit, you know? So it was pretty cool. Sounds cool, man. And that was 11 years ago. You, you ran the show at Tiernan Oak for a while, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh man. By the way, Sean Finnerty, he hates that we call it the Nog. The because, Nog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because everybody calls it the Nog, but uh, Tiernan Oak in Gaelic means land of the youth. And it's, it, there's a, it's a, like a, like a kid's, 
fairy tale type thing in Irish <laughs> lore. And we're all just like, yeah, the Nog, bro. <laughs> we had him do a headline set after he, you know, blew up from the going on Jimmy Fallon and everything. So like, man, <laughs> he came, the first five minutes was him just being like, fuck you guys for this. <laughs> so Scott ran the show for the first five years. The, the guy that initially started everything, uh, his mom got sick and he needed somebody to take it over. So he handed it off to me. And I had it for five years, ran it. And by that point, that's when my buddy, oh, you guys would love to talk to him. Uh, Casey Crawford from the band Virginity. I don't know if, you, if you're if you familiar with them, but Florida band has kind of blown up. They just got signed to a new label and everything. But anyway, oh, he's, cool. it's so infuriating to have a best friend who is good at literally everything. Like it's. <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh knows what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> literally pisses excellence. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> when I met him, he's like, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm starting a podcast just to kind of go along with starting stand up. And I was like, oh, cool. And then he got on stage and he just crushed. I was like, you just started. And he's like, yeah. I was like, cool, man. Um, and then we're hanging out and he's like, you want to read my comic book? And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, I wrote a comic book. I was like, great. Outstanding. Yeah, man. He wrote a comic book. Um, he wrote a young adult children's book that got published uh and now he's just the front man of a band that he writes all the music for and sings in it's pretty gnarly yeah you know just like one of the best comedians in the state and then he's just like i'm gonna quit this because i gotta do this band so when he came along he was like we should you know we should start going to you know other bikes in orlando and because the cool thing about being in daytona is you're an hour from pretty much everywhere yeah everywhere like, yeah. yeah and so we go to orlando jacksonville melbourne st augustine we just anywhere there was a show and he had four kids and a wife so he had a minivan and he would literally just pack the kids yeah that's the other thing too he's, he's happily married with children fuck him man. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I, I hope he has a small penis at this point like like he can't have it all <laughs> there's no way right he's got to have a hog on him. yeah <laughs> anyway <laughs> anyway beautiful wife <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so he, you know, he, he basically, he would just be like, Hey, who wants to go to this show when? And he would just like pack the van full of a bunch of, and it also works because a lot of comics have DUIs in Daytona. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. it's like a clown car of like comics coming out, like 20 guys <laughs> yeah. <crammed> in there. <laughs> yeah. Like instead of having like funny shoes, they're all just like, you know, um, going through, uh, withdrawals. Um, <laughs> so track marks just. <laughs> Yeah. Self-loathing. Man, so many great times. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, it, it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was how, how we really kind of started to grow the show because it wound up being a thing where meeting comics and other places, they kind of get tired of their regular shows that they have all the time, their regular mics and everything. So then it becomes like, a, it became like a thing where people would just start doing carfuls to come to Daytona and because our show runs so late because Daytona is a service industry town. So we didn't even, we don't even start till 10 mm -hmm. and most mics are at like eight or nine o'clock. So we'd get people that come from another show. And I mean, there was nights where we'd have like, you know, we'd have like 10 out of town comics just coming to hang oh, out wow. with us. And it was a lot of fun, man. So have you, have you had any uh, like particularly bad experiences with, uh, with comics coming up on a open mic? Um, only all the time. Yeah. <laughs> Only all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's I honestly, you know how like they always say like write what you know. And mm -hmm. it got to a point before the pandemic. I mean, I 
I quit my job in 2017 to do comedy full-time and uh, random yard work, fill in the gaps because there's not a lot of money in it. So when I did that, I pretty much, but by about 2018, 2019, I was actually living off comedy, doing some show running, running the show at the Nog, another one at, uh, in, in St. Augustine. And then, um, you know, just started touring, started to do more gigs. But the thing is, they say, you know, write what you know. And a lot of what you write in stand up, especially when you first start, it's about like the usual stuff that everybody does, which is like talking about, you know, your relationship or sex or porn. Everybody's got because a lot of stand up is like dudes in their 20s trying to figure out how to be a person, you know, (laughs) (laughs) so they're just they don't know how weird it is that the, every week they just get up and they're like, you guys seen this porn? You're like, all right, come on. You got to <laughs> do something else. But, oh yeah. So as far as the open micers, I, I got to the point where running the show at the Nog was like affecting my material. Okay. I have like, I have like 20 minutes just about comedy and how crazy open mic comedy is. And then I had to cut that down because I was like, no one gives a shit unless it's like really fun. <laughs> yeah I, got, I have um like entire bits about crazy open micers i ran into one i, I do a whole bit uh about a dude who i won't do the bit for you but basically he winds up uh using a bottle of ranch that he sneaks out of his pocket and then he squirted it all over the stage to pretend like he was coming um <laughs> this really happened yeah yeah this is a real thing um <laughs> he's not well <laughs> thoughts and prayers go out to uh thoughts t-h-o-t-s um so (laughs) yeah he so he pulls out the ranch and he does that and i hadn't seen him in a long time and he showed back up and now he's a a mentalist (laughs) yeah josh that's that's people that like you know like talk to dead people and we'll talk to like yeah yeah yeah. that's that's hilarious he basically just finds whatever hot girls in the audience and makes them uncomfortable i think is the plan (laughs) (laughs) he's like He's like, you there, what's your name? And she's like, please no. And he's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's a, he's a nice guy, but, uh, he, you know, he's got some social skill issues and stuff like that. So he showed back up at a, at a mic the other day and I saw him and I was like, oh boy. <laughs> and I just, I've been doing this bit about him for a couple of years now. And uh, man, he, he, he saw me and he walked up to me and he goes, uh, don't worry, I didn't bring the ranch. <laughs> 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 Sounds good, bud. He goes, hey, um, so my mom's here with me tonight, and I know you do that bit about me, and can you not do that? <laughs> I had to be like, yeah, man, you got it. <laughs> did you Did you do it? Oh, God, you know I wanted to. I wanted to so <laughs> bad. That would have been so – I should have – you know what? I'm going to find out where he's going to be sometime and do – I'm going to bring up an actual bottle because I pantomime it in a bit. I'm going to bring the bottle, and I'm going to do – <laughs> at his local scene <laughs> i just shoot it at him <laughs> but, okay get him in the eye just should, you should bring him up on stage let's uh, see how he handles it <laughs> Dude, people are like telling me that i need to like buy bottles of ranch my friend ninas Fakrajian, shout out to him he's uh my old co-host from the show very funny comic but he took a, he photoshopped the Newman's own thing and put my face on Paul Newman's face. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. And he changed it to Bennett's own. So like I, I posted the picture of it with like me on the ranch bottle and like so many people know the bit that they, you know, like they're like, when are you putting this out? I'll buy some. And I'm like, you'll buy some ranch. They're like, absolutely. 
<laughs> like, okay. I mean, I guess I don't know how much do you sell ranch for, like as merch. I mean, you hear about like people like opening up breweries or wineries. You open up a ranch place when you get big and famous. <laughs> yeah, that'd be hilarious. Like special sauce. You get a ranch store in Brooklyn. Yeah. Dude, I think you just solved my problem. <laughs> I need to buy. You know, they have like like ranch kegs now. Oh, oh hell yeah. Dude, yeah, you, you're you're fucking face on the keg. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, that too. But but here's what we do: I get the ranch keg, and then I just buy up a bunch of empty bottles, and put a sticker on them, and then, and then I sell. What's the over under? I got to be like at least making a couple dollars on this ranch, right? Yeah, you see, you probably sell for eight bucks, you know, something <laughs> like that. It's a yeah, you claim it's like artisan, like homemade ranch. It's just fucking hidden valley. Yeah. pumping into it. <laughs> Dude, I would never trust that. Look, at, if you looked at me at a show and I just got done talking about crazy open micers and then fucking for like 20 minutes, you wouldn't be like, yeah, you know what? I'll buy a bottle of creamy white sauce. Yeah, I'm going to follow this guy out to his <laughs> car and buy ranch. <laughs> just... <Yeah. laughs> it's just it's just like in, in the hot ass car in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll, real quick, I will tell you the, um, the, the one that's less visually involved of the crazy open micers. We had a guy come in once and he... Uh, he has to go first, which is always a red flag. Like no one wants to go first yeah. ever because it's like, you know, throw up the sharks. So it was like, yeah, we'll let him go first. And he got up there and he got on stage and he just looked at this girl that was like sitting right by the stage. And he goes, he just looks at her and he goes, fuck you. And we're all like, what? <laughs> I mean, and, and you know, as comedians, you're like hoping there's a bit, you know, you're like, all right. Where's this going? <laughs> Here it comes. <laughs> yeah. Here comes the next thing. And it's going to be funny. And and the dude sold it like like before he the reason he said he wanted to go first he's like yeah I'm a, I'm I'm a comedian like I'm just touring through and uh, or I'm just traveling through and I need to get up early and leave my hotel and everything so he made up this elaborate lie and then he said fuck you to this girl and then we're like waiting for the punchline and he goes you broke my fucking heart and then <laughs> and then she goes oh Jesus Christ and then they start yelling at each other. <laughs> and then he goes peace i'm out and he took the microphone and then dropped it like oh, a, like, no. a, like a oh, mic drop Jesus. like that yeah and then walked out and so the dude literally made up a whole ass lie to tell i guess his ex or whoever that go fuck yourself <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then broke your mic here's here's the thing though i kind of respect him right like <laughs> <laughs> he's got style <laughs> i mean because he could have just told her to her face, but he took the time to make sure it was through amplification. <laughs> like, you got to give him a little credit. Like, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think it's still the best set I've ever seen. But was he a, was he a comedian, though? Or, like, like, or was he just? No, just, okay. no, no. Just a random dude who was very upset. When you got started, you were doing a, like a, one set a month, pretty much, right? Yeah, that was the funny thing is I didn't, you know, because we didn't know that there was other shows. So when we when we started traveling around is like how we found out that you're not only are you supposed to be doing that, you know, you're supposed to just be getting up as much as you can to get better. It, it did affect us in a positive way, though, to where it was like because we had a lot of us had the theater background, we we wrote very concisely. And then, of course, that changes as you do sets, which you kind of need to do because you cut the fat and everything. So it did have more of a monologue kind of feel to it for a lot of us, but it did also make everything kind of count more. Okay. And so when a lot of us started to branch out and go to other places, you know, it's an hour, hour and a half, depending on where you're going. So every mic counted 
Whereas like I found myself doing it when I lived in Orlando, you can hit a mic or multiple mics every night of the week and you can be on stage and you start to get almost too comfortable with the idea that like, it doesn't really matter. Like, obviously you always want to be funny, but there's less of a concern for the payoff. Whereas like when we would go out, it was like, it was always, it was like an event or nothing. Yeah. So, so it had to be good, you know? So it definitely helped in a way. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can just like machine gun out a bunch of material with those open mics. You're just like, oh, I'm just gonna hit the next one, see what sticks, what doesn't stick. And yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. It's funny because people, you'll see people get up all the time at, and you, because you can tell they're the ones that do mics a lot, which you should be. But like there's some of them where they get in that kind of rotation. I mean, they'll get up there and they'll be like, what am I going to talk about? And you're like, I mean, you should have this worked out. That's yeah. <laughs> not like, in the moment you're supposed to make it look like it's in the moment that's why everybody thinks they can do stand-up you know like yeah. everybody thinks they're funny because they see someone just the art of you know making it look like you're doing it you thought of that right then but i mean 90 percent of what you're doing is pretty well thought out for the majority of people and then you know the average person doesn't know that so like oh man i called a guy out the other night he was like he was like let me he was like yelling he's like let me get up there and I was like, what are you going to do? Tell a story about how you hooked up with a girl once and that was weird? He goes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> yeah, I've just, heard, I've just heard it so many times. Like, there's always a dude and then it's basically like some variation of like, it's a dude who's kind of drunk because it's the only way he could really kind of muster the, the strength to do it. But he is a little like annoying anyway. And then he gets up there and he's like, no, fuck her in the ass, right? And he's like, thinks that that's a punchline. You're like, you <laughs> That's nothing. You've done nothing. So have you ever had like anyone like do those open mics that just straight up like impressed you? Like your, your jaw kind of dropped. Like you're just like, wow, where the fuck did this person come from? Yeah. And, and, and also the opposite way where I mm -hmm. saw them and it was just like, they're just never going to be good at this. And then they put in the work and just kept going and they got good. Oh, okay. Wow. I love hearing that. Yeah. Yeah. It's wild. Cause you, you get so used to, because I always respect those dudes, even if they're not, funny right away and i've gotten better about not being judgmental about right off the bat because you'll see somebody just kind of eating shit <laughs> you know they're just like not doing well like there's this one guy he just kept showing up and i didn't see him all through the pandemic but as soon as shows were back he started the minute the first show was back so i hadn't seen him in over a year and by the time i came back he was just crushing he was just doing so well and i was just like man i never <laughs> i told him straight up i was like i never thought you'd be good at this <laughs> <laughs> so, but he respected that because I, I i try not to anybody who who takes it serious i i will always be honest with them as long as they want that i'm not like an unsolicited advice dude you know i don't mm -hmm. like go up to people and go like hey you should boo like i don't know but yeah so there's people like that and then there's people who just you see them they just they're like phenoms like uh christoph gene a uh, very funny comic out of orlando he just started he was just funny he was just a good writer good at delivery like just knew what to do. I think he started when he was like 19. Mark Gagnon, who Mark Gagnon uh, tours with Andrew Schultz now. Oh, cool. And he's like an executive producer on that Netflix series he did and everything. Oh, nice. He's an Orlando guy who's, yeah, yeah. He's an Orlando guy who's a friend of ours. And his very first mic I saw him at, probably his third time going up or something, he would do a perfect five minutes and he would solve a Rubik's, <laughs> he would solve a Rubik's cube the entire time. <laughs> and then he would finish on his last punchline. And he's like, he was like 18. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to beat him up. You just want to beat the shit out of him. You know? <laughs> How dare you? We're supposed to be, you're supposed to be not that good. 
and kind of sad. And then we give you shit about it. And then a couple of years later, you're pretty decent and you work your way up. You don't just start out with a Rubik's cube, you dick. <laughs> Shout out to Mark Agnon, though. He's such a funny dude, man. He's so cool. I love that guy. Yeah, I, I, I like I like hearing that about the hard work. There's there's a lot. It's a misconception that like you know that, that like talent is kind of born because I, I mean I I know that does happen, but like but there's there's also like people people that, that are going to work hard consistently are often going to surpass those any kind of inborn talent that people have. Yeah, because you have the thing that happens where like what like with me, I did really well my first couple of times going up, and it was just in front of my friends, you know, and so the first time I ever had to do a gig that wasn't around them. Like luckily uh, I've been performing so long that I started to navigate within my own fuck up and was able to actually get a couple of laughs. But I mean, it was by no means good. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a weird thing where like people also will stay in stand up forever because it becomes a hobby to them, which is fine. Like there's nothing wrong with going to an open mic because your hobby is, you know, trying to be funny and like you, it becomes like a, its own little subculture. But there is a thing where, you'll see people that they have that mentality of I'm just going to work hard, but they never get better. And that's the thing that no one ever talks about. You know what I mean? Like, so there are people that, that work really hard, but never, nothing ever happens. That's, that's 90% of everyone you see. Like not only with stand up, but it's interesting. I mean, is, you think it's like a little bit of talent needs to get like go their way or a little bit of luck. Like what's that little extra that you need to kind of get past that plateau? I think that what, what happens is there's a combination of like, there is a certain, I guess, thing in you that, that you have to have to think that your voice even would matter at all to think that you, it is very narcissistic to think that anything that you have to say is worth a shit, but it's also like, if you know you're funny or you come to find that you're funny then it can be a reason to keep going but i I think there's a thing that there's like a block that happens and then people it becomes your friend your friend group your hangout it becomes like your whole your whole thing to kind of keep you going and that's why i'm never too hard on people who you know i'm never shitty about it to people who never get good but i mean there's people that i mean there's people that were around when i started that are still doing shows and they've never gotten better and they don't know how bad they are but they're not so terrible that people won't occasionally have them on a showcase or tell them they can't get up in an open mic. So they just get into the cycle of just, you know, I'm going to go to open mics and I'm going to get on these local showcases here and there. And, you know, I mean, that can be enough to hold you over if it's the thing that makes you feel like you're, you know, some people have fantasy football and some people have open mic and some people do both, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So it definitely is a thing where there's just a whole lot of people who have never get to the point of being so funny. Cause there's people, there's a million people that you'll see who are super funny and you'll be like, Oh man, crazy that they're not making it, you know? And, and it's just, sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's luck. Sometimes it's the hard work around the comedy stuff because there's a million things you got to do that aren't just going to open mics isn't the hard work yeah like like the networking the, the, like the social media all that stuff yeah right yeah i mean when you look at mark agnon how he got in with andrew schultz originally was he basically interned for him you know he said i'll you know i'll edit video for you you know i'll film your stuff i'll do this this or that um there's a lot of comics there's a lot of guys who were on the come up who saw these younger guys that were funny and also willing to do work and so they would kind of bring them in seeing them as hard workers and those young guys would work really hard and get in with them to where not only are they getting funnier because they're working with a professional, but they're also working their asses off doing all that extra stuff. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a really ingenious, cool way that 
for that to happen, you know, seeing the differences that like that won't work for everybody because yeah. you can go out and even if you know how to edit video and do all that stuff and you're good at networking at the end of the day, like if you're getting tepid laughter, because people really do what happens is there's like levels you jump up with stand up. And at first, the first time you get a laugh, you're like, oh, okay. And you think that's good. You know what I mean? And what you don't know yet is that's like the bare minimum. You know what I mean? Like when you show up to your job and you do the bare minimum and you still get paid, it doesn't mean you're good at your job. You just showed up. You know what I mean? Like like the whole time, you know, the boss is like, I mean, I guess no one else is here. So whatever. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Can't fire him for like, yeah, it's just. He's coasting. Yeah. So for, for the people that, that never get better, so it sounds like they're they're kind of around around other people that kind of maybe not enable might not be the right word, but they like no, they, it is. They, it is? <laughs> so all right. So they're 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 enabled. They're, they're like nobody's is, is nobody being honest with them? Are they lacking self-awareness? It's it's a combination of those things because ultimately, like some people are so delusional that it wouldn't matter what you said to them. But a lot of times they're just like nice, cool people that they do okay. And then, you know, enough to where they can be around and do some shows and it's not going to really affect anything one way or the other necessarily. So there's no reason to really, the thing is that like, it's not, I don't know why it's not, but it's just not a common thing in stand up for a lot of people to like tell people they aren't doing well. <laughs> I mean, you, you would think it would be right. Like it would seem like <laughs> that's the exact thing. No, I mean it's not just stand up. I mean, I, I think it's on a lot of different career paths. Yeah, no, nobody, nobody wants to be honest. You know, yeah, like, like, if like they, they don't like you. Like, yeah, like it's one of those things. Like, if you don't have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. Kind of thing. A lot of people right. really take that like hard. Versus, like, yeah, if I like break his balls or like that's fine. But if like I'm gonna tell this guy he fucking sucks and like just give up what you're doing or, or something like that. I mean, it's a bit harsh for a lot of people. And a lot of them are just like, yeah, 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 it was fine, dude. Yeah, keep keep going, keep going. Like, kind of giving words of encouragement because it's usually better than just not giving him any encouragement to tell me sucks yeah and I, I think it's also a thing of like when you watched american idol and you'd see the people do really bad and mm. first of all that's a that's a whole con they did on those people because like i had friends that auditioned for american idol and there's like it's a ruthless process where they mm. weed you out so they all the people that you saw do poorly in those auditions that's like the fifth round so they've like convinced those people that they're so good that they beat out all the good singers next day. All my friends that were like super talented singers that didn't get accepted, like those people like watched the good people leave and they're like, oh, so I must be good. You know what I mean? And then they get torn apart by Simon Cowell or whatever. You either have to be good or uh, mentally ill, I think. Yeah, exactly. And that's 100% the deal with stand up. <laughs> you're yeah. good or you're mentally <laughs> ill or you're both. Both, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, but like <laughs> a little delusion of self-loathing and you got a good cocktail. <laughs> that's right. But yeah, I, I do think it's a there, there's a thing where it's like, oh, well, there's no harm in letting them continuing to do this. It makes them happy and it doesn't really ruin right, everything. Right. It'll just be like, oh, that guy just didn't do as well as some of the other guys or girls. And then what ends up happening, though, is the part of the reason that why I don't really involve myself in anything like that is because there's an meritocracy to it. You know what I mean? Like no one is ever as much as they might feel like that about themselves, no one's ever going to just be like, Oh, Hey, do you want to do the tonight show to those, to those people? You know what I mean? Yeah, so, there's, yeah. right. so there's no like threat of keeping them in, in terms of like, it's not going to get in the way of anything and it's not going to matter. doesn't matter. <laughs> you kind of always need those filler type people to like, kind of just keep like 
those gaps, like just you're always gonna need someone to fill in like a gap. They're human shields, right? Not just <laughs> yeah, yeah. You say you you say throw them to the wolves. You know you you <laughs> we need a we need a spot to bomb between two good people. So <laughs> no, but it, it it really is just like it's an unnecessary thing to do. But it it would almost be kinder to them if it mattered. But I, I don't right. think now there is a thing where like if you see like I've. I've, once or twice I've involved myself when I probably didn't need to, but I felt like, fuck it, you know? There was this one guy who was like, I mean, it's just not good. He'd do okay sometimes. And he was like, I'm going to quit my job and just devote everything oh, to no. stand up. And I was like, listen, man, <laughs> no. <laughs> the way I convinced him to do it was I basically said, like, I had to tell him about how clubs book, which when a club books, so they look for when they watch like your reel or your video of you doing stand up. They look for laughs every, you know, 15 to 30 seconds, depending on the booker or whatever, you know, in general, not a flat thing. But like, that's what they're looking for when they decide if you can do their professional club. I would basically say, like, you need to record yourself and then watch your video. Time it out. See, see how close you are to that standard. And but it doesn't matter to most people. They're just like, yeah, I'll get there. And they're like, okay, you can do that with your job. It's just open mics. It's fine. You get off at five or six and you can go do, you know, that's the inside baseball, the inside scoop. Yeah, I feel like, uh, I feel like people that probably get really good at comedy, they're probably delusional in the other direction, like where they, they never think that they're good. And so they're always maybe a, yeah, you have imposter syndrome, you know, yeah. you, you, you kind of have to, you know, you're funny, but you don't think you're, worthy of the praise you might end up getting it's almost like a necessary thing very few comics that are cocky are actually good comics you know like there there are some but i mean obviously the some of the older ones but like yeah you just you kind of have to hate yourself a little bit you know (laughs) in my opinion yeah (laughs) Yeah. do you still do uh improv at all or is it just strictly stand-up no man i fucking hate improv so much (laughs) (laughs) i i love i love my friends that do it and if it's just like stand-up you know if you see it done really well it's like man that's really good like i thought i I thought i would never like improv again and then i saw somebody do some great improv you know it'll be something like that but me personally i just can't like they do a a anniversary show for the troupe i was in every Mm -hmm. year where they bring all the well, not all, but whoever can make it, they'll have all the people who have ever been in the troupe. Oh, all the alumni. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's also been a troupe for like, I don't know, 16 years now or something. Oh, wow. Like a long time. So, I mean, I think the last time we did one, maybe not 20, the 2018 one, I think was the one where we had like, I mean, it was so many people. It was like, it was like 20 people or something. They kind of split it up and everybody does a, and I got to the point where I'll show up for those and I'll only play a game called ding, which is where they got to change. You have to change the word you say in the conversation. And every time they say ding, you have to change that last word. So it's something where I can kind of be funny and not have to be in a character too much, you know, to where I can just kind of play around with it. But yeah, it's, it's just so not my thing, man. (laughs) You still do like the acting and and stuff like that? Or you do any theater type work? No, I also can't stand theater. (laughs) I have a <laughs> I have a theater degree. Oh, I wanted to take you to get to that point where you're just like fuck all of that. When initially that wasn't the case, you know, like it was just me realizing that I didn't want to spend my life doing that. I realized that it was just a way for me to be able to perform because I like performing 
it was a lot of fun. I got to hang out with my friends. I mean, it was my college experience mostly, you know, it was that, and it was awesome, but it was also a thing where I realized that like, that's just what I was doing then. It wasn't at all. Like there was no part of me that was, could see myself like, like I had a set up to, I was set up to go to Florida state originally. I was going to leave that school and go to Florida state. And I had like letters of recommendation and everything. And I'm like running around getting all this stuff done. And then last minute, I'm like, what am I doing? I don't want to do this. I don't, I, I want nothing to do with this. <laughs> like, not like a, not like a mean way. It's just not my, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it's not the thing that brings me joy. It was the performing that did, but I, excuse me, I directed, I wrote plays. I mean, I did like everything you could do at that lower level of like community play type thing. And I just thought about like the professional level of that would not make me happy. So why would I do that? You know, I've acted in some film stuff here and there, you know, like friends projects. Were you on Guff Punch at all? Yeah. yeah. Were you I'm really? Okay. Punch. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we had Sean Began on a few weeks ago, months, months ago. Oh yeah. 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 I'm going to his wedding at the end of the month. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome. awesome. Yeah. He, um, he was a South Florida guy and he came to live in Daytona for a little while and we just became friends and yeah, that, he's so funny, man. Such a funny yeah. dude. Yeah. He's a really cool guy. And all we really enjoyed our time talking to him. Real, real talented artist too. Yeah. It's art's yeah. awesome. Yeah. See, why, why all my friends got to be so multifaceted? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting over here with a fucking theater degree in dog sitting and <laughs> guys are painting and lead <laughs> like, singing in bands. <laughs> getting married having kids enjoying life <laughs> you just want to get on stage and have everybody shut the fuck up right <laughs> yeah hey <laughs> everybody listen laugh. to me i'm special <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you're you're in his movie i mean does like so none of that stuff really interests you anymore or do you like want to get back into like tv and movies and stuff yeah i would i would act again and everything and it's something that i'm still interested in doing it's sort of the opposite way for so for stand-up you have to sell tickets basically to level up outside of like featuring. But if you do well, you know, you can feature for, for bigger acts or if you're just work your way up and like your local stuff to become a headliner, but like, and you get, you know, you get some kind of agency or a manager or something like that. But ultimately, as far as like actually making it, making it selling tickets is going to be the biggest thing or having some kind of a draw. So for standups, the biggest thing you can do now, of course, is have a have a podcast that has that people would actually want to go see you from having or being on TV or a radio show. Like, you know, in Central Florida, we have the Monsters, you know, and there's a couple different standups that are on Monsters in the Morning and uh, basically the whole block throughout the day, actually, all all that talk radio stuff. There's a standup on every show. Yeah. And so when they when they go somewhere, they know if I'm getting booked, they know people are going to show up because they're on that radio show. And they're funny to boot, so that works out really well. But at the end of the day, you got to have, you know, some kind of draw. Yeah, something to get the people out. So for stand-ups, it's get that credit. And for other people, it's the other way, where, like, you could be, like, a funny actor and then be, like, you know, like, Jeremy Piven got me too, and then he started doing stand-up again. He hadn't done stand-up in, like, 20 years. Like, <laughs> um, what's his name? Uh, Tim Dillon. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm very funny stand-up comic. Yeah, I love, I love Tim Dillon. Oh, man. So funny. He said uh, stand-ups where all the people come to hide out until they can <laughs> get back in whatever field they're in. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's like, stand-up's the only thing you can get me too into. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's funny because a lot of the me too guys were like getting back on the road booking shows and stuff that's hysterical yeah yeah louis louis ck's back yeah 
Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I didn't come on you, so it's fine. I come to your club. Yeah, we're looking forward to Cosby getting back in. I'm just joking. Oh my god, dude! I so I jokingly made a post saying um, because it bothers me to no end that there's and I understand that there's a need for clean comedy. There's like a market for it. Anything there's a market for yeah, dry bar. Yeah, yeah. Anything there's a market for, you're going to have people Christian schools. Yeah, yeah, dude. Oh man, just once I want to do it. It will be just once if I ever get. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Get blackballed from the Christian community. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they don't know by now, this guy whipped out ranch dressing and came all over a student. <laughs> he baptized us uh, in ranch dressing. That's like borderline assault, I think. But hey, uh, you know, I'll do it for the. It's bit. definitely a hate crime, I think. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so like I had made a post because it, it bothers me that there is such a push in comedy because it's it's weird. Like like if you're clean you can get a ton of work on the lower level because there's so many, especially in Florida, because there's a lot of older people. There's mm-hmm. a lot of work for clean comics. But if you look at what people really like, you know, like Tom Segura's got five Netflix specials and all that. It's not because he does clean comedy. Like people right. don't want that, but there is a market for it, especially at the, the regional level and stuff. So, and that's just not what I do. I just, I, I mean, I can do about 30 minutes clean. I've done 45 before and it was like 90% crowd work. I'm like, where are you from? Please help me. <laughs> <laughs> but so I, I made a post about Cosby where I, I said, like, uh, just talk to a booker. They said, I can open for the rapist as long as I don't say fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and somebody actually thought that I was like booked to do a show with Cosby. I was like, hey man, what? <laughs> was it was it another comic or was it somebody like a regular person it, it was a regular person and okay. and you know god, god bless him I, I think that people people don't know people have no concept of like the levels of this they just think <laughs> that and that's why when people start they're like like some guy said the other night at open mic he's like he's like yeah it's gonna be my first time but i've been writing for years and i you know my goal is to have a special shot in vegas in two years and we're like <laughs> okay buddy <laughs> that's cute <laughs> here's the thing i don't my new thing is i just tell everybody do that i don't <laughs> i don't stop anybody people tell me stuff i go yeah do that and i yeah, just sounds good because <laughs> they're not going to listen to me otherwise like what am i going to yeah. do talk about Encourage them. yeah let them yeah let them find out let them find out their own way you know there was a girl, she did stand up for a little bit. And by that, I mean, she got on stage twice and quit two minutes in both times because she was too nervous. And, you know, I felt for her because it's like, that's got to be tough if you don't know how to, if you don't come from a performance background, when you come into stand up, it can be daunting. You know, the way she got introduced to the Daytona comedy scene was she came up to, <laughs> she came up to the uh, Doug Stanhope mm-hmm. when he was in town. She came up to the the guy running the door and she said, Hey, can I open for Stanhope tonight? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what's funny? Doug Stanhope might have been like, "Yeah, let her do it. Yeah, fucking do it." <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to. I want to see this chaos, you know, because he's a he's a magnet for chaos. But yeah, it was it was hilarious. Like she really thought, and she's like trying to sell this door guy who's not even. It's like she didn't even know that the door guy has no say in Power, any of that. Yeah. So you're already. <laughs> <laughs> your level of understanding is already just so low it's a it's a that's yeah. such an audacious ask even if like like there was just any show going on <laughs> that, yeah that you, that you hadn't been like if, if you didn't know about the show beforehand or somebody hadn't called you and yeah you know say hey there's a show going on if you came to an open mic and asked to bump somebody and i didn't i'd be like no 
Who are you? Go, go. I mean, they they wouldn't know the word bump. So they'd be like, hey, can you just put me up in front of the the best comic? (laughs) (laughs) Who's your best guy? I want want to be, I want to go, I want to open for him. (laughs) (laughs) There was a guy who, you know, in all the, I'm on all the local comedy scene stuff. And some guy put in the South Florida scene where he was just like, he was like, hey, I've been writing for years. I know I'm funny. I've, I've been doing my jokes in front of my friends. I want to get out there, but I don't want to perform in front of anything less than a hundred people. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, man. Hey, good. Somebody, I, I put that in there. I said, somebody do it. Somebody please book him, book his first time on stage in front of 500 <laughs> people, please. I'll pay for it. <laughs> what do we need to do? <laughs> and then he, then he just fucking like, he kills. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh. And that'd be great because, and you know how that happens. He would be using somebody else's material. So that oh, right, right. <laughs> he's like doing Bill Langball. Here's your son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is, is that like a, a common thing with like a lot of people starting out? Was like kind of that delusion though? I mean, is that just something people just naturally have to break? Usually what happens is if they're super delusional, you know, we, we had a mic where a guy came up and he was, you know, you know when you meet somebody and you can tell like there's just something off, you know? And yeah. He he had a lot of manic energy, and mm. I think that helped him on stage. And you can kind of fool people a little bit with if you with a certain cadence or a certain energy. People like you're just interesting to watch, you know. But it was their first time on stage, and then I mean, the student would just not stop asking the guy who ran the place if he would because they do regular shows there too. And he's just like, if you ever need anybody to headline, I got I got hours of material, and that's <laughs> those are yeah. Those are the people that you just, there's no talking to them about it. Basically what happens is you don't give them what they want and they never get it. And then they get to where they're angry about it with you. And cause you're the problem. And then they end up like taking their bullshit elsewhere and kind of like conning some people out of some stuff. You'll see it a lot. There's like this random shows that'll pop up where they just kind of like talk someone who owns a restaurant into running a show. And then it'd be, you know, winds up being a total shit show. And it's interesting. Yeah. There's levels to this shit, right? Yeah. Well, and the important thing to remember for anybody that does comedy or anybody wanting to get into it is that none of this matters. It's all bullshit. It it means nothing. No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) You don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, you don't. You really don't. And I've I've opened and hosted and done guest spots for some famous comics. And I've, you know, I've, I've headlined and all that stuff. No one gives a shit and it doesn't matter. And if it happens to work out in your favor because you worked hard at it, great. But unless you truly love performing and doing jokes and are willing to work hard at it and get better for real, it might pay off. It might not. And at the end of the day, who gives a shit? No one cares. You think anybody like walks home from a show and they're like, fuck, man, I wonder what that guy's up to. No one fucking cares. Everybody's too busy trying to feed their kids. They don't care. Is that, that's too bleak. You're right. No, no, I, I, um, that sounds, that sounds wonderful. And, and so it's funny. Usually one of the last questions we ask is any words of wisdom or words of advice for any aspiring comedians. <laughs> but I, I think that's that. actually, yeah, yeah that's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. For perfect. So, <laughs> nobody, nobody fucking matters. And, and that's also that we, we, we hear a lot. Can I add a caveat to it? But here's a great, here's a great thing though. And I truly believe this. If nothing matters really, then it frees you to do what you want. You know what I mean? Within reason and without hurting other people. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> no, nothing's real. But it really does. Yeah. 
we're probably in a simulation, but that's fine. <laughs> but I sincerely mean that. I, I, I really do. And I know it, it makes people uncomfortable or sad sometimes to know that everything means nothing. But it, it can also be a positive thing where it's like, so you can make whatever it is in your life meaningful because you get to choose that. So as much as it, it can seem depressing, you really, at the end of the day, you can make your life about whatever you want it to be about. There's a dude, he's an open micer, and he's been doing open mic for like 20 years. He loves it. He doesn't do well. He gets up <laughs> every time. He does five minutes. He thinks he's great, and he has a great time. He doesn't care that he's not famous or anything by now. He just loves it. And, he, and he's so happy. And that dude is who we should all try to be. Be the dude who is happy with the nothing, you know? <laughs> yeah yeah because if you if he gets like one laugh at night like just makes his entire week and it just keeps him going at all like that stuff's so powerful just for people like that is he getting any laughs yeah he's getting some laughs sometimes okay, for the good. wrong reasons but you know gotcha. whatever you know? that's that's all right you know so you got to start somewhere right so do it for 20 years it's not starting somewhere yeah well famous. yeah that's what i was gonna say you gotta find, find a nice comfortable place and just sit the fuck down i guess i don't know <laughs> keep it up you know who you are <laughs> Zach, give me uh, upcoming shows or any uh, dates you want to plug. Uh, yeah, well, actually, I'll be at Spooky Empire with my boys, The Average Joe Movie Show. That's uh, friends of mine that have a movie podcast, and I do one of the chairs for that. You know, we try and keep it light and fun. A uh, little bit of critiquing, but I mean, it's not like that kind of picking it apart. It's more just like kind of a hang. It's supposed to feel like, you know, just hanging with your friends, shooting the shit mm-hmm. about movies. One of the guys on there, he knows a lot about them, so he'll kind of drop in a lot of the knowledge. And then me and the main host, Matt Wallace, we just scream at each other a little bit, and it's fun. But we do Spooky every year where we get a booth there, and we do live interviews with directors and actors. If you're not familiar with Spooky Empire, it's a super cool horror convention. So if you're a fan of horror, you definitely want to go to that. They always have, like, like 2019, I met, like... uh, Tony Todd and the guy who played Jason. Uh, I mean, just so many interesting people that are on the margins of what we would normally think of as the entertainment business. Is that in uh, Orlando? Is that the con in Orlando? Or? Yeah, it was in Tampa in 2019, and everybody really did not take that well. So it's back in Orlando. Yeah, yeah. There's occasionally for, for fun, I make little uh, merch stuff like this and uh, Freddie and you know, um, this one says MILF, and it's got the Psycho, the guy from Psycho on it, you know, uh, they live, laugh, love, but yeah, so we go to spooky every year. And so the, the 22nd to the 24th, I think is this year's, um, we're going to be wrapping off a PS five too. So if you, oh, nice. <laughs> if you're one of the many people who didn't get one, it's a $10 ticket raffle and the tickets are unlimited. So, you know, bring us a thousand dollars. You will win a PS five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bring us a thousand dollars. You win a PS five. I'm also, I'm headlining a really cool spot in Jacksonville called uh, Flamingo Bar. Really cool place, great staff, and just, they always have killer shows there. And uh, some great friends of mine run that. I'll be headlining there on the 28th, Thursday, the 28th of October. And it's free. You don't have to pay any money. You just go in and, you know, drink and have me yell at you. So it's fun. Where uh, are you on social media at all? Where can our listeners follow you at? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm on Facebook. Don't uh, try to be my friend. I will not accept your friend request. That's an interesting name for Facebook. Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, I, I, I used to, when you first start comedy, you just start accepting everybody because you're yeah. like, maybe I'll have followers and then like like 500 assholes being like, oh, what did you mean by that? And you're like, okay. <laughs> not Facebook. Um, Twitter, no one cares about unless you're famous. Don't follow me there. 
Uh, I just list everywhere not to follow me. <laughs> Those are all weird, interesting handles. Don't follow me at Twitter and don't follow me at Instagram. Your, 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 your Twitter's fun. I, like, I read a little bit on that. It's, it's oh, like, did you? Man, that must have been weird. You're like, hey, this dude hasn't posted in months. I, I, I didn't. I, I, I'll be honest. I didn't look at the dates. Oh, okay. <laughs> Even better. So I'm guessing it wasn't topical. <laughs> Yeah, anytime I check back on Twitter, it's always just them trying to be like, here's what you miss. And it'll be like 900 things from people I follow on there. I'm like, okay. Um, Yeah, follow me on Instagram at uh, Zach Makes Good Choices. Um, Obviously, that's meant to be ironic. Ironic is that the right way to put it? Sarcastic. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, it's Zach under, I literally changed it yesterday. And (laughs) dude, you know what's sad? This This is the poverty of comedy. I changed it for that fucking Venmo giveaway thing. Because they're like, hey, put your Venmo handle in the comments. But my Venmo handle is the same as my Instagram name. So then I'm just <laughs> tagging myself every time I did it. <laughs> so I'm like, I can't get money given away to me by these assholes. Because my fucking... <laughs> anyway, so I changed my my thing from my Venmo. So it's Zach underscore... It's Zach makes good decisions with underscores in between. It doesn't matter. Type in Zach Bennett. You'll see an asshole holding the microphone. That's me. Also, my Venmo handle is Zach Zach FKN Bennett. Just send me money. Send me money because you feel bad about something you did. Did you hit someone with your car and you feel bad about it? You don't need to go to church. Send me the money and you'll feel better. The solid pitch. Zach, it's been an absolute pleasure hanging out with you tonight on the podcast. We really do appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank, thank you so much for coming on. I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Dude, thanks for having me on. Sorry I talked the entire time. Uh, it's lonely here, you know? Contrary to popular belief, we uh, we like when people come on and give us content. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, fuck your conversation. Here's my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, we really yeah, do appreciate you talking time, to you. It was a lot of fun, dude. Yeah, it was yeah, great. Yeah. Fun. yeah, no. Yeah, thanks, man. All right. Have a good night. All right. Take it easy, Zach. Hi, buddy. Good to meet you. See you later. Yeah, you too, man. That was fun, man. That was a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah, he's fucking, uh, he's hilarious. Yeah, no, he was he was really cool. He's very interesting. You know, I love this. Yeah. I love the Florida guys. I like, I like that's like our sub theme. It's just yeah. Florida comedians. Like it's the secret. Yeah, sauce. Florida. You know, there's something about Florida. Like you know, it makes makes funny things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, it produces things that are uh, that should be told on stage. You know, it, it's cool that he he knew like Sean Finney and Sean Vegan and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I like that. We're we're talking to people that are like in yeah. the same circles and all because they they all seem like really kind of cool guys. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Especially like uh, even like like him working in Daytona, like our favorite bar in Daytona, right? <laughs> and stuff like that. Like it's it's awesome. Like I love Ormond and all. Like I think I've said that before. I, I did too. I, I that was that was a lot of fun. That uh, you know, like like when we we played music at that bar one that one night, and then party. We didn't go to it because we were fourteen, but you know, it could have been a, an awesome night. You know, if my mom could have just gotten the fuck out of the way. You know what I mean? Yeah, like come but, on, Marine. Just yeah, what the fuck. Yeah, it's also pretty interesting that he was in uh, Guff Punch. I had a feeling he was going to be in it because he was friends with Sean and was like in that same comedy scene. It was really cool that he was in it. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I thought that because I, I thought he looked familiar when I when I was looking up his stand up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was fun, man. I also like the uh, the fact that he doesn't want to do improv anymore or theater acting. <laughs> and it's like his background. It's hysterical. There's something about like genuine disdain that's really funny. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's not, that's not really common. I mean, we've had a couple of people now that like they they kind of just outgrew what they initially wanted to do, and then just yeah went fully into stand up or craft. I think more accurately, they 
they didn't know what they wanted to do or, or they thought they, they wanted something, but they found it, they ended up finding it in something else, you know? Yeah. And he might circle back to it. It might be one of those things like in, in a few years, he's like, oh, I really want to do improv again. So, I mean, he the doors, yeah. the Curtis Satan's are always open and all that, but yeah, no, Zach, Zach was a cool guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like, it's, it's fun. It's fun to riff off of each other. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Thank you all for listening. If you would like to support the WWSD podcast, check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash WWSD underscore podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. By the way, um, is this is, does a video show up on this? Oh, uh, we, we do do some videos. We're, we're terrible at okay. videos, but we, we we do record the videos to put up eventually. So no, that's fine. That I just want to make sure any of this matters for the the visual. You know, <laughs> I'm trying not to like be vain. I'm like staring at myself and like, <laughs> do I look like a fat fuck or am I like? Yeah. Okay. Anyway. All right. <laughs> no, you look you, you look like a comic. You know, it's, what the fuck yeah. does that mean? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> This guy looks just like he's a, funny. Just a, just a white guy with a hat and a black shirt. He's like, hey, what's the deal with relationships? They're tough. <laughs>